Welcome to Work Like a Witch. My name is Caitlin Matanley, business coach for the witches. Witches do business differently, and I'm here to help you make money like magic. If you're exhausted and bored by your business, it's just because you've forgotten who you are. After all, you aren't one of the normal people. You are a witch. Hey witches, welcome to Work Like a Witch. This is Caitlin Matanley, and I'm so excited to be back for episode two of season three of the podcast. While the breaks in between seasons are necessary, it's always fun to be back to these little weekly chats. I record these little pre-chats, I guess one may call it an intro, before, like right before I air the episode. I like to keep it really current so that I can complain and, you know, rant about anything that's on my mind. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but I like, it, it's just like a fun little chat that we get to hop on and have before the episode airs each week. Today we have a really exciting conversation coming up all about creativity, how to harness your creativity, how to turn your creativity into money or not, how creativity relates to anti-capitalism, and so much more. You're going to love it. I am so excited to be bringing this episode to you. I'm interviewing Aurora Lady, and we're talking about all of the above. And it's actually really cool because just this morning, I signed up for Aurora's new class. It's called your email newsletter as a relationship portal. I'm going to be focusing a lot more on my email newsletter. I don't know about you all because yeah, I love social media and I have an email newsletter. I mean, it is regular. I, If you're on my list, you get regular emails from me. You know, I send all kinds of good witch tips, you know, all kinds of good special discounty things. Not really discounts. They're more like special things I create just for the people on the list or I give people on the list first dibs. For example, my one-on-one business coaching for witches and revolutionaries is reopening at the beginning of November. And those of you who are on the list are getting first dibs. But there's actually a way to get even first, first, first dibs, like the earliest of the dibs. Send me a message on Instagram, at Kayla Matanley, like I said. Did I say that? I'm not sure. And... I'll send you the details. You can be one of the first people to be notified because I'm opening just a few spots. Um, A lot of people have expressed interest in jumping in on those spots. So you want to be one of the first people notified. So message me on Instagram about that. But anyway, back to the email. So I'm going to be focusing more on that. So I was really excited when Aurora released this course because while I love doing my emails, I'm always looking for more fun, creative ways to do that. And I really love Aurora's emails. In fact, I use them as examples for clients of mine who are artists and other creatives as, you know, this is how you create an email, an email newsletter that is really fun to read regardless of whether or not someone is ready to buy your stuff. That's the thing about people creating digital and physical art. A lot of people express, and I guess this maybe is the same for any product-based business, but a lot of people express to me that they, you know, they want to make it interesting whether or not someone is ready to buy something because they may not be buying 
from you as well there's a perception that they may not be buying from you as often as when you have like an information product which honestly isn't really true but I do understand how there can be it can sometimes feel difficult to figure out what to say in your email newsletter when you are a product-based business versus someone who's you know selling ideas and education so I promise you that that is a myth that it's one is harder or easier than the other but I'm really excited to learn what Aurora says about email newsletters as a result. I'll drop a link in the show notes to the course. Um, I'm not sure how long it's up, but yeah, if you want to join me for it, like I said, I haven't started it yet, then you should sign up, send me a message on Instagram, and we can take it together. That'd be really fun. So another reason why, you know, this feels really important to me, really relevant, and no, this is not sponsored by her course. (laughs) I just like legitimately signed up and paid for the course with my own money (laughs) and I'm excited about it but I really want you all to be starting to pay attention to what you can be creating that's outside of social media because these social media networks are not going to last forever best case scenario and worst case scenario tons of accounts including my own are targeted for political content for posting about social issues um tons of accounts I know run by black, brown, indigenous people of color, by people with other marginalized identities are specifically targeted. I'm a white woman and I've been targeted. (laughs) My point is like I'm the least, you know, targeted group and I still have the Facebook, you know, account warnings (laughs) to prove it. So it's really important to really, you know, we can still use social media. We can use it as a tool but it's really important to create outside of that, something that we have a higher level of ownership with. For example, an email list, um, maybe there'll be resurgence of the resurgence of the blog, I don't really know. I think it's really important to have a website. If nothing else, you know, just something where people can find your things. Um, you know, it's just really important to recognize that this, that, that whatever, the digital marketing thing of the moment is none of it lasts forever and it's really important to recognize that we have a really low level of ownership in a lot of the things that we really rely on in our businesses. So I'm not going to be quitting Instagram anytime soon, but let this be a warning that (laughs) it's really important to think bigger. So anyway, I'm excited for the class for that reason. So Without any further ado, since we've been talking about Aurora already, I'm going to hop on into the interview, introduce my friend, one of my creative inspirations, Aurora Lady. Listen to the episode, check it out, let me know what you think, and I will talk to you all again next week. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here today with my good friend, my internet love, It's really amazing when I think about the internet. (laughs) Is that like the oldest lady thing I've ever said possibly? But it's really amazing when I think about the internet and all of the people who have come into my life from the internet and have become friends and it just delights me so much. So I feel like I can't introduce our guest today without mentioning that because thanks to the internet, we have become friends and my life is so much better as a result. I'm here today with Aurora Lady. As a professional artist, illustrator, and creative activator, 
Aurora Lady majors in helping creatives realize their most audacious, expansive mental intimacy. Aurora is the founder of The Left Turn, an online club for creative stimulation, which I really recommend you join. And of course, I'll pop the link to that in the show notes. And of course, we'll be talking about it today. So welcome to the show, Aurora. (gasps) You are my internet love as well. And this is so exciting to be here. I'm listening to your podcast. Number one, yes, I am your friend. Full disclosure to everyone listening. But number two, I really love your podcast. And I've sent you so many DMs talking about, hey, I just listened to this podcast. Hey, I went back into your archives. Hey, I just love your work. So thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. I actually remember getting some of those DMs. And I think maybe (laughs) back when we had first started kind of hanging out online. And Uh I don't know if anyone listening has had something, a similar experience, but there's this thing that happens when you make online friends where you kind of know of somebody, like maybe you have mutual online friends or maybe even in-person friends and you're kind of aware of them and they're in your world and you think they're probably like really cool. It's kind of like a middle school thing that comes up. You think they're really cool. And then suddenly they say that they like listen to your podcast or, you know, whatever else, other example. And you're like, wait, what? But you're cool. You listen to my podcast? That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're cool too. And I love that you pointed out like the middle school feelings. That's exactly what it is when you're just like kind of feeling each other out online. And you've like, you've got the superficial uh, uh, story of who they are. And you know that you really like that. Like you're attracted to that. And then you get a little bit deeper and you're like, oh, here we go. I really like this person. Can I let them know I like them too? It's just like total middle school feelings. But you, Caitlin, were always receptive. And I really like that about you. And that makes you cool. You're right. I am cool. <laughs> you, <are. laughs> you know, it's, it's true because there, it, it, I think there's a perception. And I think it's because of the middle school thing that you know, the middle school trauma we all have. <laughs> yes. Unless you happen to be popular and, you know, you probably didn't grow up to be an internet geek if you were. Although maybe, you know, I guess I shouldn't put people in boxes. But anyway, it's this middle school thing where you just, you, we sometimes forget that everybody creating content online is a person. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, because it's like a little, people are, are more accessible, although obviously people range in this, but people are more accessible um, than, you know, you're kind of one of the mill celebrities. And so you can develop these relationships. And sometimes you forget that the people are just people and we're kind of all doing what we do to meet people, to make connections, to find our community. And it's so easy to forget that and, and think like, Oh, this person is so much cooler than me. Like, I don't, I don't think I, they don't, they listen to my podcast. What? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes, I do too. It is, uh, I feel like it's a holdover from like live journal days. And I don't remember, have we had this conversation? Did you have a live journal? I had a live journal for like, I don't know, a short period of time. I wasn't one of the really hardcore live journalers. Which is really the same as all of my journals. I was always a journaler, but I had, I mean, by the time I was, you know, in my late 20s and I decided to ritualistically like destroy all of my old journals, I had a huge trunk of just journals that were maybe filled like a quarter of the way. And so I'm actually more of an active journaler now, but definitely live journal was the same as my normal diaries at the time where it was like, oh yeah, I'm going to start doing this. And, you know, someday people will find it for my memoirs or something. 
and then I just kind of stopped. So I, I had one. I don't remember what my handle was, and I'm sure it doesn't matter because it I certainly wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hoping my live journal is buried deep in the depths of like the internet graveyard, wherever that is. Like deep, deep depths. Yeah. Right there with my poetry website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Aurora, I know you, I love you. And I want you to share with the listeners who may or may not be familiar with your work already. Tell us a little bit about how your work came to be, what your mission is. You can share your pronouns, your social identifiers. Just give us like a few sentences of a background about who you are and what you do. Okay. So my, well, let's start with the, the, like, I don't know, like the easy, here she is. Uh, well, now you know my pronouns. I, I use the pronouns she, her. I'm a biracial cis woman artist. I'm a Scorpio. I'm a manifesting generator. I just found that out. Very excited Ooh, about it. Me too. Are, yeah, of course you are. Ah, of course you the- are. Come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Um, and my work came to be because I myself am an artist. That's how I've always identified. I've always been a creative. I've always loved making things. And um, I found when I got into my 20s, I saw the disconnect between my own formal arts education and business. And there was like a huge painful gap between the two. And I started wondering inevitably because I could not help but wonder how was I going to survive as an artist in this capitalist environment if I didn't understand how a business worked. Um, And that's the place like I've really had to study and I continue to study. So right now, a lot of my work is meant for other creatives. It's to help them to bridge that gap so that they don't have to go through the same painful, long process I went through. And it's actually the entire point of the creative community that you mentioned at the top of your podcast called The Left Turn. Um, And it's just so that we can share information as creatives and grow together. I love it. And it really does feel like a community. And I really appreciate that because, you know, sometimes working as, I mean, a creative, as an entrepreneur in general, it can be a little isolating. And sometimes, you know, there's, we have all these platforms available to us, you know, social media, Patreon, um, you know, other platforms we create maybe for ourselves, but not all of them have like that secret sauce that really makes you feel like you're part of something. And I think you've achieved that. And I really appreciate that. Caitlin, that means so much to me because that really is a big part of why I formed it. Like I could have done like a DM group on Instagram or done a Facebook group, but Patreon really felt like the right place for this um, in particular with the creative energy I wanted to use as the sort of glue for this um, because Patreon is built by creatives. And I wanted people in this container who understood that creative energy from the get-go. They understood that it wasn't always just a matter of like, Mm, I need to sit down and do this. There's like a mental state you have to get into. You have to like know what your goal is. There's a lot that goes into producing 
creative work, especially in our world right now, which is pretty challenging to live in. Like we're constantly being met by different, I don't know, uh, structures that are not supportive of us. Um, We're constantly met by distractions. We're constantly told what we should and shouldn't do. All of these things make it really, really difficult to concentrate on your creative work. Um, So I really, really wanted the space itself to be able to hold that energy. And that's, it just means so much that that resonates with you, Caitlin, and you get it. I get it. And I love it. I know you do. (laughs) Thank you. So on this show, I'm all about celebrating the multifaceted nature of human experience. And by that, I mean, I think that especially in the age of digital branding, which I actually really embrace and I think is a great thing, but there's still this tendency to kind of put people in a two-dimensional box. And well, I guess a box is three-dimensional, but you get my point. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I got a D in, D in geometry. <laughs> um, but, Sometimes you just have to get through the class. Yeah, <laughs> that was like all, like all of my final math classes in high school. Yeah. But um, anyway, so we put people in these boxes because, you know, what we see is naturally just part of the picture. So what is something people might be surprised to learn about you, especially in the context of the image that you present online? Hmm. So I'm a Scorpio, as I mentioned before, and I I actually thrive like spending a lot of time doing solitary activities, but it, it's so interesting yeah. that you use yeah um, you use the word surprising because I don't think of myself as like a surprising or even a secretive person, um, despite the fact that you're a Scorpio. I know, I right? Rule the like world of secrets. <laughs> I I think I'm really good at like keeping secrets and like holding space and like creating parameters around information. Like I actually love mysteries. Um, uh, That's not a surprise though, being a Scorpio. Anyway, I digress. Um, I was trying to like think of what is surprising about me. And I was like, maybe, maybe it was the fact that I used to be a DJ at a college radio station and I feel like maybe that would only be surprising because that's typically a role for a more extroverted person. Mm. Um, but maybe it's not surprising that I did not last longer than a year doing that. Um, and that's actually not because I wasn't extroverted. I just couldn't handle, I couldn't handle people giving me rules about what to play and when. Um, and it just felt so uh, counter to the idea of sharing music um, and sharing what I loved. And now that it's coming to me, like maybe that's why I love my community, The Left Turn. Like we make the rules in there and we're not going by some playbook that's handed down to us. Yes. Um, I love that. You know, I hate rules. So <laughs> I know you're like, you're constantly like, fuck the rules. And that that's what I've loved about taking your classes. It's like, basically, here's an idea, but adapt it for yourself. Like you can move within this. Totally. Uh, yeah. Um, so one of the things I was trying to think of, I, I was like, maybe that's surprising. I don't know. Um, but one of the things I'm trying to embrace about myself 
um, that might be a surprise is that I now have a fake front tooth um, oh and God, I could pull that out. What? Which tooth well, is mine it? doesn't come out though, hopefully, ever. <laughs> it's Isn't it? It's it, it, So I hope it never, I mean, it has come out once before and I hope it doesn't, but it probably will right. because it's been a right. while. <laughs> well, it would be better to be in control of when it comes out, right? Yeah. Like that's the optimal idea. Not like in the idea. middle of an Instagram live. Like. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> Like I was thinking how cool it would be like once we're out of pandemic, it's safe to go to parties again. Like I would love to pull out my front tooth and just like weird people out or like my fantasy is to do it while like I love karaoke. I fucking love karaoke uh-huh. and I would love to pull out my front tooth doing karaoke. And then pretty great. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I was like, why do, why are teeth so shocking? Why are they so polarizing? And I was like, oh, they're symbols of classism. And we never talk about them. They totally are. (laughs) Also, also, like mouths are gross. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, I I 100% agree with you about the classism thing. 100%. And as an aside, in addition to that, mouths are gross. One time, (laughs) this is... (laughs) unrelated to any of the topics we're discussing today but I (laughs) I was in like it was when I had closed my second business I decided to retire from show business and I was kind of deciding what I wanted to do next and my former husband who I was married to at the time said well you know he was he started throwing around ideas of things that like paid well that it didn't require a ton of extra school and Mm -hmm. one of his ideas was a that I could be a dental hygienist (laughs) and I literally like threw up in my mouth no offense (laughs) any dental hygienist listening obviously it's a great job I am totally I have like an aversion to mouths when I think about it and like I truly can't think of for me a more horrible job (laughs) I was like and then and then I dumped him I'm just kidding (laughs) you're like you do not know me you do not know me (laughs) but it it should have been an indicator no I'm just I'm just all all respect to dental hygienists like i I, yes absolutely industry that's a weird thing to say it's a great job i just it's just not for me and he's right it's not probably i you know would have it would have made great money i couldn't i didn't have it in me so i full respect because y'all are you you an important job absolutely heroes here yeah, they really are. They really are. I feel like over this past year has been like my dental year. And uh, I, I feel like the dental hygienists have such an interesting job because they really have to kind of prime the pump for the dentist. They have to like do their best to relax a patient when a patient is freaked out about their mouth. Like I cannot imagine totally. doing that. And, and I feel like, like, how do you do that? I truly and also I feel like they actually do all the work like I mean just the dentist I've been to again if you're a dentist listening this is no (laughs) offense no offense to me I just had bad dentists but I feel like literally the hygienist does everything and the dentist just comes in and looks and I'm just saying I don't think they do shit I'm gonna hate. I have a really great dentist. This is gonna be this episode's gonna be the first hate mail. It's gonna be about the dentist. 
so oh, no. let's, let's you're like prove me wrong right prove me wrong <laughs> exactly okay let's steer it back steer it back let's talk about creativity it's why we're here i want to talk about creativity so okay creativity is a topic that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people and a lot of people have an idea that only artists are creative so i as an artist i would love to hear your definition of what creativity is what it means to you yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question so much. And I love it because I really believe at the core that everyone is creative, whether they acknowledge it or not, it just comes out in different ways. So for me, my definition of creativity just means breaking the expected. And that can be the expected for yourself. That can be the expected for the structures that are in place. Doesn't matter breaking the expected. It's being willing to think in different ways and not necessarily new ways and then taking an action to interpret and communicate that way. That's it. Very simple for me. I love it. I love it. Again, it goes back to breaking rules, which is amazing. Yeah. So in our personal conversations, we've talked a lot about the relationship between creativity and productivity and capitalism and all of that. (laughs) And I mean, definitely during this pandemic and people being home and feeling the pressures that come along with just not being able to do things the way that they may have done them in the past, this has become an even bigger issue. So thinking about all that, What do you think is lost when our creativity is motivated or influenced by productivity or earning potential? And said in another way, do you think that our relationships with productivity, which is, you know, deeply ingrained with our relationship to capitalism, do you think that that, you know, productivity capitalism dichotomy has a positive or a negative effect on creativity? Hmm. Oh my God, Caitlin, I'm salivating. I love that we're going here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for talking about this. Um, You know, this is my favorite thing to talk about, right? Yeah, that's why I asked you. Okay. (laughs) It's so so perfectly timed too, because I don't know if you caught it last week, but last week I went on IG Live, um, which I almost never do. And I went for it. I was just talking about capitalism and making money for an art as an artist. And I asked my friend, Talene Kali, afterwards, because I never go on IG Live. I was like out of breath afterwards. Like my armpits were sweating. I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> what am I doing? Who am I anymore? And she was like, yeah, I got to tell you, that felt really, really heated. Like that was from like your heart. And I was like, wow. Uh, yeah, usually I like to hunker down in the planning part of things and like be very deliberate. Um, but that, it, it couldn't be. It couldn't be that way for me. So I, I'm just like, I feel like I'm up in my heart, in my head about this right now. And especially like, as you said, in the climate of this pandemic and what is happening, like right now, so many be- people are being displaced from their homes. They're having really difficult times um, taking care of their families, eating. Um, and I think it's, imperative that we be asking these questions right now at the very least um and hopefully coupled with action um (laughs) so you asked me a question and that's why i'm laughing and i'm like oh here we go um 
So um, I think it's a really, it's actually like a high level of thinking. If you can get to a place of creating without having to think about money or monetizing a project. And I'm not talking about like a high level of thinking as in like your smarts, you know, like I'm talking about being able to separate the two. Like if you can't pay for food or you can't pay your rent, like which is the place that's the place like so many people are at right now. Like how can you create the space to work on your art if your basic needs aren't met? Oh, you really, Um, you really can't. It just, I mean, it's a like, it's so fucked up that there's this starving artist narrative because anyone who's actually been hungry (laughs) and actually been in poverty knows that it is deadly to creativity. It's just so difficult to think expansively. It's not impossible, but for me, it always felt impossible. So impossible to me to think expansively when you're worried about meeting your basic needs. It's just, it's just not a sexy creative place to be at all. No, no, there's like literally no room to even like have the conversation within yourself about that. Like if, if those needs are not being met, it's just such a fucked up system. So let me see. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I stayed on topic and yet I didn't stay on topic with, with your question. Oh, there, there uh, is no staying on or off topic. Here. Okay. All right. <laughs> it makes complete sense. So it sounds like to me what you're saying is that um, while we, it's, it's completely fine and it's actually desirable in some ways to be creative without thinking about it from a capitalistic, like monetary sense we can't completely divorce the concept of creativity from making money because making money actually fuels creativity. Yeah. Um, and especially with the way our system is built right now, like I, and that's again, like why the concept of a community was so important for me to like center these conversations in the left turn. I want to know that I have people who support me around me so that I can do, I can get my basic needs met and then I can support other people. Like if we operate as a community, then we can build each other up and we can actually realize like a creative existence. One that like actually forwards mm, thought that is innovative, that helps our community, that helps the outward community. Like creativity is not just like this, at least for me, it's not this like um, uh, writing in my journal and not sharing it for everyone. It's not insular for me. And I think for some people it is, that's fine. That's their process. But for me, it's always about communication and working in tandem with someone else. It's about a relationship portal, essentially. And I think everything goes back to that if we're building a community and we really want to center creativity, we can't have that conversation about creativity or even making money in tandem with our creativity without addressing capitalism. I don't think it's a fair shake. Mm, I love it. I love it. So question for those listening who are like, okay, well, 
The reality is, Aurora, I am concerned about meeting my basic needs and I don't want to just write off my creativity. Do you have any tips or advice for people who are really stuck in that place of needing to think expansively, think creatively, you know, commit to their work and also are in marginalized positions where they aren't necessarily, you know, yet able to like fully make, fully pay their bills, I guess, with their Mm -hmm. art. How do we kind of pretend that we're in that place, that expansive creative place that comes when, you know, your art is paying for itself or when maybe you have some other area of your life that's paying for the art. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's kind of a question that's off the cuff for me. So let me know if that makes sense. It's off the cuff for me too. And I feel like it, um, it's a place that I'm trying to explore and learn more about right now too. Like I, um, I, it's, it's something I really reckon with within myself. Like I, of course, want creativity to be prioritized. I would love to live in a world where we, our basic needs are taken care of and we can concentrate on being creative and that can like forward humanity. (laughs) Um, But I also like am very, very aware of the privilege of that and, um, the very real concerns that come with it. Um, and all, I don't know about giving advice. Like my advice is the same for everyone. Like when there's something is that is impeding you, all you can do is what you can do. And I'm not saying don't have that large vision, but maybe pay attention to what isn't being paid attention to right now in your world. Like I hear artists saying like, I need this material to create this project and I'm not going to even start on it unless that material is in my life. Mm, And that I, part of me, like 50% of me, like totally understands that I have been in that place. And the other part of me is like, but you have to tell other people that you need that material because I have a fucking uh, art stash and like, I don't use half the things and I don't know that you need fucking Conte chalk. Like I have 10 years worth of that. Like I'm not going to use it. Like I feel like a lot, well, I don't want to say a lot, but I feel like there are some answers that can be, or some questions that can be answered by again, like communicating within community totally, and letting people know like what you need and other people being willing to answer that call. And there's just like a, a creative conversation within this relationship portal always happening. I love that. You know, someone, I saw someone post, someone in my mastermind posted the other day, something about the sacred ask. And I don't know where that idea comes from, but basically it was asking for things they desired and Mm. needed and like doing it publicly. And I think they, in this particular example, I think they maybe had like an online list or something of things they needed for something. And people were like, Oh, cool. I would love to support you in this way. And that was so cool because I think, you know, I know from someone who has definitely been in that position of poverty, it's like, well, 
we it's like we're really resourceful and mm-hmm. there's also a certain level of shame at least there was for me yeah. I can't speak for everybody but a certain level of shame around asking for help and yeah. the reality is people want to help they want to contribute and especially an example like you gave if it's something you already have that you're not using like that actually helps you as well as the person yes. who you are you know kind of being the the artistic supply benefactor for <laughs> yeah yeah it it is um it is so challenging because I very much relate to that. Like I know what it feels like to have a shame built around asking. And every time, every time I've asked for something, I wouldn't say it's always been granted, but when it has been granted, it's been granted with generosity and with no amount of scarcity or any sort of like um, ask in return. It's just an act of, love that is given um but that still doesn't eradicate the shame around it and again i feel like that is a construct that comes from capitalism in order to keep oppressed people oppressed oh for sure it's like you have to it's like there's some kind of glory in doing everything yourself it's this bullshit you know yes up by your bootstraps narrative which is actually false and right it's and it actually depletes a sense of community which you know that sense of community like a real sense of commune communality <laughs> you know i don't know mm-hmm. actually word but like communalism mm-hmm. you know like com- think community the root is commune <laughs> and i'm not yes. saying we all have to like go off and join a commune but you know pulling our resources in that way that yes. is the antithesis of capitalism as we know it and that's a threat and so i agree with you completely i do believe it's deliberately you know, we're deliberately indoctrinated with this idea that we have to do everything ourselves. And if not, like, it means something bad about us, which is such bullshit. It's horrible. It's, it's so horrible. And I, it's, it's really something, first of all, I'm just so glad to like, have this conversation with you, Caitlin, and like, know that you're willing to have it. Of course, you are willing to have it. But I just don't feel like I hear it enough maybe I'm listening to the wrong things <laughs> that's very <laughs> possible but I I just want to express like as much as I can that I am always a person who wants to hear the ask like I, I need to hear the ask so that I can complete like or we can complete this cycle of communication again like a relationship portal I keep coming back to it because it's so important to me as a concept like creating a space where there's like actual communication built on understanding like that's what I want that's what I want for my left turn community that's what I want in all of my friendships that's what I want in my personal relationships like I really believe we have the power to do this like on a granular level and model it and other people can see that it can be done. I don't know. Maybe that's pie in the sky dreaming. Oh, I don't think so at all. I think think you're and, and that modeling is key. It's, you know, showing people like, Oh, the world doesn't end when you take what you need or not take when you ask for what you need. And then that can help others as well. Right. So it, it's interesting too. Before I move on to the next question, I have to make an interesting point because I know like pretty much 
I know very little about human design, but we mentioned at the beginning, we're both manifesting mm-hmm. generators. And one of the few things I do know, Aurora, is that for us, we actually, what you said, I, you're, you want the ask, you're waiting for the ask. We, I think it's like, I really don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, I think that there's something about how we do best when we can respond to the needs of others. So yeah. for example, we do really well when you know, people ask us questions or when people ask, they make people in our community make requests. We can build offerings off of that and stuff like that. Whereas if we just like come up with an idea and we run with it, which is actually kind of our natural tendency, it's not always as, as successful as if we kind of wait for somebody else to express a need and then we create something to uh, respond to that. So if any mm. actual human design experts are listening, you can, you know, tell me if I'm missing the, the point on that, but that's my understanding. And that's definitely, that rings true for me for sure. Yeah. I love that. Also, I'm really interested in the human design element. So get in my DMs. I want to talk to you ah. if you're into that. I have an episode, I think it was in season one. Um, oh. Kathy Hillenberg about human design, but that's like way back in the archives. I should do an updated well, one. So, you know, I love your archives, so I'll check yes, it out. Yes, hop in. <laughs> so, okay. Speaking of, well, human design, let's relate, relate it back to astrology a little bit because I think it's part of human design. I don't really know. But you just <laughs> said something I really love, which is in true Scorpio fashion, it is the act of transformation that delights me. I am a super plutonic person. Like I love a major transformation, love a good makeover, but like one that comes from the heart. Oh, not, yeah. you know? <laughs> not oh, from I like both. Look a certain way. Although let's be honest, sometimes we like yeah. Um, yeah. But also just that Phoenix rising from the ashes energy is so alluring to me. And in fact, something that if anything, I'm actually learning to rein in a little bit because sometimes you don't need to burn the whole thing down. You just have to like, you know, shift a couple things. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm always like my first inclination. That's always burn the whole thing down. Like, let's totally. go. And, yeah. My South note is in Scorpio. And I recently, like a couple months ago, took an astrology class with Raquel Reyes, who's actually coming on the podcast as well. But we talked or in the class, she talked about how, okay, like for me, my South note is in Scorpio, which is kind of like the karma for lack of a better term um, that we bring into this lifetime. And Mm -hmm. so she said, for me, a big challenge is going to be to learn how to, I wish I could remember the exact words, but basically learn how to not just burn the whole thing down, but identify when maybe just like some little changes need to be made. And that was a big, like, in a positive way, slap in the face where I was just, I I realized that she was right. And that was the next phase of my transformation, the kind of easeful transformation, but that's not the point here. So I'm curious for you how this act of transformation relates to creativity. Oh gosh. Well, uh, something I do want to say is like relating to what you just said, uh, you were, you were just uh, schooled that instead of burning the whole thing down, you just need to burn selective parts of it down like just parts of it which is very much more like artful and very deliberate which I appreciate like that is actually much more Scorpio than burning the whole thing down Mm, and I kind of love that love it Um, (laughs) so um back to your question so um 
for me, like if creativity is the means of like actually breaking the expected, um, then by that very definition, that includes transformation, if only in small little pieces. Um, it could be in larger pieces, could be smaller ones. But for me, it's the little changes that like feel the most tactile. And often those are the ones that feel like the most seductive to me. Mm. So um, I love something new that somehow makes me feel nostalgic at the same time. And uh, for the sake of this conversation, like um, an example of that would be this um, hat that is in my store and I make it from hand. It's um, built from sustainable pieces, like um, actual like vintage fur that I found. And I like source uh, other sustainable fabrics to like put together this hat. Mm -hmm. And it's built on like a pattern from like the 1960s but it's technically new like it hasn't been worn before so it just feel it's like new but it feels nostalgic and that's like the reason I love I don't know just like wearing pre-owned garments like things that have a life before me and then I get to cut them up and like make them my own and like everything exists to me in transformation and that's what's exciting to me like again if like my friendships and my partnerships and my art are not rooted in an idea and an understanding of change happening then like there's going to be no evolution and ultimately that means death to me and like I'm not ready to die yet Mm -hmm. so (laughs) that's where I'm at with that I love it. I love it. So to close today, what are some ways we can embrace creativity for creativity's sake, especially for those who, you know, maybe aren't interested in their art making money or hell, even if they are, in fact, honestly, Mm -hmm. especially for those who want to make money with their art, I think it is important to have those creative practices that are just for the hell of it. And yeah, maybe they turn into money, maybe they don't. So what are some ways we can embrace that creativity just for the hell of it? So I think the ways we can embrace creativity for creativity's sake are usually the most simple. Like get off the fucking internet, like even for a little bit and like draw in your notebook, read a book, take notes, move your body in a way that feels either powerful or challenging. Um, Say no just for the thrill of it. Like get off on yourself, light a candle and fuck someone you love. Like know when you're angry, don't be scared of acting on that anger. So long as it doesn't hurt yourself or others, Mm -hmm. like use the materials around you doesn't matter if they're like your kids crayons or there's like broken lighters around you. I hope there's not broken lighters around your kid, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's a paper bag. It just, it doesn't matter what's around you. Just like feel okay being playful and have fun with it. And for fuck's sake, forget about the end process. Forget about what it needs to look like 
or any expectation of perfection. Mm-hmm. Like if you can let the idea of perfection go, which I mean, I'm speaking to myself all the time. Like this is my great challenge. Like I would love to have a box where I put my perfectionism in and I just, again, fucking burn that box to the ground. Um, it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but like, if you can acknowledge your perfection and say, I'm actually not going to deal with you today. You are packed up in this box. You are buried seven feet underground for an hour while I make shit that just feels fun. Like I would consider that embracing creativity for creativity's sake. Mm, I love that. I, I mean, I completely agree with you that perfectionism is the enemy of creativity because yes. when we are so afraid of doing something the right way, which spoiler alert does not exist. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when we are so concerned about that, we limit ourselves, we censor ourselves and creativity. I don't believe can thrive in an environment of censorship. No, absolutely not. In fact, uh, anything you would call art under that idea would just be boring. It would actually be boring. No more boring. So fuck it. No. (laughs) Oh my God. There's no room for it. No, honestly, there's no room for boring anything. Like, right. (laughs) I mean, truly there's, and, and I really challenge actually anyone listening. If you're like, Oh, I have to do this thing and it's boring. And I can't just not do this thing. You know, that voice, which trust me, I'm, I'm making fun of the voice because I have the voice. <laughs> yeah. But I really challenge you actually to ask yourself if something's like bores you to tears, ask yourself, does it have to be done or could it be done in a different way? And that's kind of my go-to procrastination right. in general, because generally for procrastinating on something, it's for one of those two reasons. And yes, this does not just apply to the entrepreneurs, although it's certainly, yeah, easier when you're the one making the rules. But honestly, even in a job, you'd be surprised what you can not do and get away with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder also if it's a matter of like um, taking that challenge and like framing it for yourself. Like I've uh, heard over and over, like maybe a good question is to ask, like, what is a way to make this fun for myself? And then you figure out a way to make that thing fun for yourself. For me, it's how do I make this thing feel powerful? myself like fun and feeling good it doesn't really it doesn't appeal to my Scorpio heart (laughs) wait I'm because yeah I hear that a lot like how can you make this fun and I say that sometimes but you're right it's not really the word I'm looking for because fun especially if you're like an earth sign like I am you don't really know Mm -hmm. how to have fun I'm just kidding (laughs) no I agree like I I'm the same word there's a lot of baggage associated with it so power that feels better I like it yeah Oh, cool. Yeah. See what happens. Like I, for me right now, it might be power. I feel like in the future that could totally change again. I love transformation, but like I, with any of these ideas, I would encourage whoever's listening to just like take the idea, experiment with it and see if there's a way to make it customized for yourself. Absolutely. So As we close, please let our listeners know what you're up to. I'm going to, of course, include links to anything you mentioned in the show notes. So if you're listening, look for those. But tell us what you're up to, what you have on the horizon, and how we can join you for the the party. 
Oh, okay. So I would love to see you in the left turn. That's patreon.com backslash Aurora Lady. Um, if you are feeling called to, feel free to sign up for my newsletter. Um, you'll get a free creative activation um, when you sign up, which is kind of my signature piece that I use in the left turn um, to just kind of get you jump started on uh, creative jaunts. Um, should you be experiencing any blocks or um, just want to start motoring into your creative practice? Um, you can also find me on Instagram. My username is Aurora Lady Art. I would love to have you join that party over there. Um, and oh, um, Caitlin, so this is kind of a plug for you. Uh, Ooh, a plug for me. I love it. <laughs> so I took your open channel class, as you know, which was your class all about building a class. Mm -hmm. And so I have built a class and, um, I don't know when is this coming out? Oh, Do you good know? Question. Do you have a handle? Um, it'll be either the end of September or around the beginning of October. Okay. So I might be launching my new class, um, around that time. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll definitely get the deets on that. Fabulous. And if you're listening and you're interested in open channel, it's not open to the public. It's a, it's a masterclass. It was live. It already happened. But if you're interested <laughs> and you want to learn a really easy way and quick way to create a digital course, feel free to drop me a message. Of course, my contact info is also in the show notes. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Caitlin Matanley and I'll hook you up. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Aurora, thank you so much for joining me for the conversation today. I really enjoyed our chat. And as I mentioned earlier, I really encourage everyone to check out Aurora's work and just activate their creativity because, you know, whether you're an artist or not, whether you feel like you're actively creating art or not, you are a creative person. And the more you can think of yourself that way and activate that potential within yourself, the more it will affect all areas of your life in a positive way. So thank you for joining me. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. And thank you so much for having me on your esteemed podcast that I love so much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Ciao. Thank you for tuning in to Work Like a Witch. If you loved the show, be sure to leave me a review on iTunes to spread the word. Talk to you next Friday.